This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. If so far, Trossard, again, it's under the crossbar, and this time it does hit the woodwork. It might have been Tommy Ashley with a touch. Zinchenko with a bit of creativity. Follies that ball in towards the top corner, and Arsenal make it three. It was a wonderful bit of ingenuity from Zinchenko to just latch onto that loose ball, find the top corner, and it's been a brave effort from Vincent Company's Burnley. But finally, the Gunners have blown them away. Arsenal three, Burnley one. And that was probably the uh, moment that uh, sealed it for the Gunners last night. Welcome back to the Premier League preview show. Of course, it's all for Schnitz. Handcrafted schnitzels made fresh daily just for you. Paul Sebastiani here with you. An important win for Arsenal at uh, CSM level now with Manchester City atop of the Premier League table. Of course, City, they've still got that game in hand against Chelsea, which will come up uh, at 3.30 a.m. Australian Eastern time. But joining us on the line to have a chat about Arsenal's season to date thus far and the 3-1 win over Burnley. It's a friend here of SEN, a friend of the program, a friend of the preview show here on SEN. He goes by the name of Lee Judges. It's always great to have a chat to him. You can find all his handiwork, not just on AFTV and Arsenal Fan TV, but Lee Judges TV as well. Lee, well, it's good morning from our side here in Melbourne, but good afternoon to you over there in lovely London town. Good afternoon, good morning. Um, I'm not going to lie. I've had worse Saturdays than um, <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> well, take us through it. Ta- tell us how it all unfolded for you from the moment you woke up until full-time at the Emirates. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, like, first of all, I uh, got up, um, got on, got to uh, the studio about 12 o'clock, half past 12, just before kickoff, and uh, watching the game in the studio at AFTV, and um, I was just starting to get frustrated because... Uh, Tottenham started off really well, got the goal, <laughs> and then Wolves were all over them, but just were, couldn't finish. I was getting frustrated, just about to give up on it, really, when uh, Wolves scored a wonderful goal. Wonderful goal. Brilliant finish from Sarabia. Um, yeah, great finish. Fantastic finish. Unbelievable. Great first touch, great finish. And then I said, well, I'll settle for a 1-1 one, one, one draw. You know, uh, that's how it is. And uh, I just hung around. All the other guys went uh, who were going to the game. And I thought, I've got a sneaky feeling thanks to how bad I stayed. How bad I stayed. <laughs> I, actually, I actually cheered that Wolves goal more than the three goals at Arsenal combined. There you go. <laughs> we're a sick bunch, aren't we? <laughs> I, we are. We I, are. I, I don't, but, I don't uh, hide my biases on air because if I try and hide my biases, I think it just makes it worse for the audience uh, just quietly. So no, um, I think no, you, you and I take the Ian Wright mould when it comes to that. There's no point hiding it when people know it. <laughs> Exactly that. I don't actually remember getting to the Emirates. I think I floated. I I must admit, I was getting quite frustrated too. But uh, when those two goals went in late for Wolves, uh, I had a big fat grin on my face and you couldn't wipe it off my face either. So um, actually, just before we get into the Gunners, I mean, what's... Because we get a sense of what's going on with uh, Ange Postacoglu and Tottenham over there, but... 
I know before he got there, a lot of the media, and, you know, the English media can pummel managers before they even get there, and managers can be defeated before they even play, before they even play out a match. But I don't know, he, he just seems to be... Is it is it a patronising love or is it a love that's actually got some merit to it? I don't know. It seems a little bit patronising at the moment. Listen, um, I don't know because he's Australian. I, I can't say too much about that with you guys. But like, uh, <laughs> you um, can say what you want, mate. <laughs> I, I, I honestly think he, he's a fresh breath air to to the to the media because he's he's very open and honest. I he is. That. Yep. Um, but like, you know, he got man- manager in a month for the third month running mm. with a 1-0 win at Luton, uh, a, a 2-1 win at Crystal Palace <laughs> and a 2-0 win against Fulham. I don't know what that is, you know. I, 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 I'm sure us English media are not, uh, have not have forgotten about the ashes. That's all I'm saying. Like, <laughs> you <know>? <laughs> There's still a bit going on there as well. Don't forget the he's World no Cup too. Glenn Maxwell. I'm, I'm <laughs> telling you that. Like, he's no Glenn Maxwell. Like. God, how bad was the World Cup for your guys as well? Jeez, oh, were they oh, really stunk it up? Why have you have to go down that route? Why have you have to go down that route? We have had an absolute nightmare when it comes to the cricket. Uh, I, I really was looking forward to it. Uh, after about a week, I couldn't wait for it to finish. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's been a bit that way, I think, for English cricket over the last few months. Anyway, let, let, let's get on to brighter subjects, shall we? Uh, let's talk about the Gunners. It was, I mean, ultimately a professional uh, performance, despite the despite the goal that was conceded. But um, it just seems that I don't know if this is just by design. It seems, though, it is by design from what I've seen tactically in the way Arsenal has set up this season. It would seem to be that the word control is what Mikel Arteta is really beginning to utilise with his tactics. And 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 I think one thing that we've seen be the difference between Arsenal this season and last season is there's they're a lot less aggressive when it comes to how they attack their opponents. It seems to be a lot more controlled and that can often sometimes lead to it being a little bit, I don't know, a little bit, I don't want to use the word boring because the results have been solid, but it seems to me that there are less fireworks when Arsenal play this season. Couldn't put it better myself, to be honest. Um, yeah, uh, listen, going into the game yesterday, everybody's on a high. Yep. I honestly think that um, control is the right word, but, you know, it stifled us a bit. Like, I, I, you know, I was looking forward to an half-time pint more than, <laughs> more than anything else, you know what I mean? Like, you know, I thought I might have to have two or three if I was going to get through this. <laughs> It, it was tough. It was a tough watch. It's not been that entertaining, but it is a different sort of Arsenal we're watching to this time last season. I, I put it down last season. It was entertaining, but it was kamikaze like. It know? was, you, wasn't it? Yeah. What, yeah, you didn't know what you was going to get, but you're dead right what you say. Every game's controlled at the moment. We we take um, the game by the scruff of the neck. We we outpass uh, the, the other team at this moment in time, keeping the ball. We're not really giving up as many chances as last season. Like last season, we'd be playing teams. It would be really, really entertaining. But we'd be uh, conceding two or three. You know, Ramsdale was making good saves or that was missing very, very good chances. We're going into games now where teams are not getting too many chances. But uh, it was a a difficult watch. I'm not going to lie. I wasn't really um, into into it in that first half. But once we got the goal, broken down, the second half was a a lot better. Um, we get obviously uh, uh, an equaliser taken against us. I've looked at that and watched that. It's a definite foul. I don't know how he doesn't give that, but 
anyway. Uh, but what was the good thing about it is that you, you just feel like, oh, okay, it's 1-1, but we're still going to win the game. There's yes. that confidence because of the way we're playing. Uh, um, it, as I say, it's not as entertaining, but it, it's more calculated and more um, ruthless, if you like. You know, As soon as they score, we go back and get the second, go 2-1 up, then 3-1 up. And what was the best thing about it from my point of view after the sending off is the way we just defended and mm-hmm. see out the game. That was very, very professional. Like in other times, two minutes later, we conceded the goal and we're hanging on, yeah. you know, and can't wait for the whistle. It was it was calculated, as you said, like, and, and we just cruised to uh, to the final whistle. And um, the, the result was never in danger. And I, I know it was entertaining last season. We had some great results in that. But sometimes the results were a little bit in danger. <laughs> At this moment in time, we're winning games and we're winning them quite quite well. And even when we're not playing at our very, very best, like Newcastle, you know, dodgy decision when the game says, we're still limiting teams to uh, very few chances. Yeah, I think the, the one thing that I do believe that Mikel Arteta is trying to instill in this Arsenal team is is a sustainable model that's going to see Arsenal not just competing on the Premier League front, but all fronts too. It, sh- it should be a fait accompli with regards to the Champions League qualification to the knockout phase. A win against Lons at the Emirates will see that occur after the international break. So, I mean, the one thing I wanted to mention too is that the game model seems sustainable and seems to be um, it seems to be getting results. But if you actually look at Arsenal's injury list and the players that are missing... We're talking about some pretty good Premier League footballers here, Lee. I know, I know Newcastle are missing players. I know Tottenham are missing players. And I, I know Mikel Arteta's had a little bit more time than what Ange Postacoglu and Eddie Howe have had. But, you know, they're competing against the juggernaut in Manchester City without the likes of... Thomas Partey has missed the majority of the season. Gabriel Jesus is under another injury cloud yet again. There's no Martin Erdegaard who makes the midfield hum when he's fit. And I think his performances in the last couple of weeks have clearly been hampered by injury. I think that's been clear. And no Ben White last night. And Eddie Nketiah as well was under an injury cloud too. So I think think Arsenal needs to be given a lot more credit than what they have been. And this is not just me talking with my Arsenal cap on, but given the injuries to the players they have, they've been sensational. No, I have to agree. And, of course, like Timber being out from, from the world. And Julian well, Timber, like, too. Yeah, he, he's so important to the way that they wanted to set yeah. up. Uh, and, and, and all I can say is a compliment on the players that are coming in at this moment in time. Thomas Part is a massive player for us over the last couple of seasons. But we've not been that missed that much this time around, mainly mm. because Declan Rice is there, but Jorginho's doing a good job. Ben White, who's been fantastic for Arsenal over the last sort of uh, season and a half, wasn't missed yesterday because Tommy Asu fitted in there and done really, really well. Yep. And, and and then Shinchenko has been form has been in and out the last couple of weeks. Thought right, I need to put in a performance and impress, and he did. So everybody that's sort of coming in, Trossard, you know, two goals in two games for him now. Everybody seems to be stepping up. Um, and, and and listen, you are going to miss those players at, at times, and and we have, and um, um, perhaps that's why we're not as free flowing because of that. But, but also, when you're playing on two fronts, Champions League football as well, 72 hours to turn around from Wednesday to Saturday, mm. uh, and, and not to miss those players and, uh, is, is a compliment to the squad and, and the manager. Obviously, we need them back as soon as we can with the international break. I think it's a good time for to have that international break now. We can maybe get like the likes of Jesus and Udegaard back into the into the squad. Don't forget also Smith-Rose out as well. Correct, with the knee. Exactly. So, 
you know, we've got five, six, seven injuries at this moment in time. And I, I, I don't think that and, until you're in it, and, uh, um, the Champions League, you don't realise what a toll that takes on you because it's not just uh, a game of football. It's the travelling also and all that. And every game at this moment in time is, a, is, is tough. You can't take liberties with, with the, the tournament. Do you know what I mean? You can't say, right, I'm going to arrest five, six, seven players. Exactly. Because you will be found out. Exactly so you right. have to keep the the same team playing to a certain, you know, maybe one or two changes. And I think that maybe Arsenal and Arsenal have looked at that. And I, I watched the game yesterday, I don't know if you noticed it with the game yesterday, that um, they uh, they sort of like um, reserved a lot of energy from, from the game. Yes. Kept it very, very... Um, uh, I, I, Say like it was three one up. They weren't going gun ho. No, going it, it, it wasn't. It was. Like it, it wasn't as manic. It wasn't as manic as we've seen from Arsenal teams exactly probably that. in the last season or so. It, it felt, uh, and that word again, it felt a lot more controlled. Yeah, and, uh, and maybe that is because of the Champions League and, yep. and and the games that they're playing. So it'd be really interesting to see how um, Arsenal fare now that there's no Champions League football now, like, and it's the same for everybody going into this phase of the season. Still a lot of games in December, but um, maybe, a, maybe a few games where um, we can see that little bit more free-flowing, exciting Arsenal. So that's what, that's what we hope anyway. I think the, the one thing that Mikel Arteta is probably looking at this season too, and I mean, you look at, it, it's taken Pep Guardiola, what, six, seven seasons to, to win a Champions League with a team like Manchester City. So it's not, it's not easy. <laughs> you know, this is Arsenal's first season back in Champions League football for the last decade. So coming up with a sustainable model to compete on all fronts, is, I mean, it's taken Pep God knows how long to do that. No, exactly that. And that's why, I, as a fan at this moment in time, I'm not really getting too frustrated and worried about this situation because I do think there's a different um, phase of... Uh, of the Arsenal model that we're going through at the moment with Champions League football. As I say, like uh, it, it's going to be very, very interesting um, the, the, in the next sort of uh, phase of it all. But if you, even if you look at it with Manchester United, uh, Liverpool, um, even Newcastle, are really struggling mm. to maintain consistency, um, which is something that Arsenal have sort of got over this last few months is consistency. And of course, Manchester City, you know, that's their middle name. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. And they've got a plethora of talent as well. Uh, the one thing I wanted to mention too, just heading into the um, heading into the international break. Now, much has been made of the signing of Kai Havertz, £65 million conundrum for Mikel Arteta. But I think there are probably two schools of thought with this. Now, Arteta coming into the season said that he wants the team to be a lot more unpredictable. And he also wanted the team, I think you could see it by the signings, he wanted his signings to be a little bit more adaptable to different positions. And I think that's one thing that Kai Havertz has brought to Arsenal because we've seen him, he can play in the left midfield position, he played out on the right for patches um, in that game against Burnley where he was backing up Saka as well. And he can play in the centre-forward role as well. But... It just quite hasn't clicked for him on the goal scoring and assist front, has it? He just seems that there are times where he seems to be going through the motions and he's very lazy-daxical. That's probably just his physical demeanour. That's the way he plays his football. But there are also times where maybe some conviction with the shots he's taken on the edge of the 18-yard area or even in the 18-yard area might have been put away if he had to just maybe put the blinkers on and really, really got his intensity up. But that's just him, isn't it? 
Well, yeah, I, I, I don't really know what, what's going on with Kai now, really. I, I watched him yesterday, and, you know, you, this is a team you're playing Burnley right down yeah. the bottom. This is the time for you to really um, stamp your mark on, on the on the club, if you want, really. And um, I think, uh, I have to say, I just think his, his confidence with him, which is mm. hard to believe a professional footballer lacking a little bit of confidence. But you can see that in his play sometimes. There's a couple of occasions yesterday when he probably, if, oh. if a full confidence player, you have the shot or you you, you play it. Played, he seems to be playing very, very yeah. safe at the moment. And yeah. I think he's just got to say to himself, sod it, I'm going to play. Uh, uh, if it goes wrong, it goes wrong. Because uh, at this moment in time, even though he's trying to play safe, it's still going wrong for him, right? You know, so uh, he just can't do it. <laughs> I don't really know how he's going to get out of this because... I looked at that game yesterday and I'm thinking, well, everybody's played well apart from him. I'm not saying it was bad yesterday. Like the last last couple of games, he's done really well, for, not really well for us, but considering what he's, what he's been like, he's played well for, on the last couple of games. But again, yesterday, it was sort of like a little bit of a, a mixed bag, hit and miss. You don't know what you're going to get with him, a bit like Forrest Gump, you know, with the old chocolates. I don't know what's going you don't know what you, you don't know which one you're going to get. I don't really know what Kai Everts I'm getting at the moment, like from one game to the next. I but, think uh, I think you summed him up quite well in a in a post match uh, interview you did with Robbie on AF on AFTV, where you said he's he's been okay, he's just been okay, but for sixty five million pounds, I think you need more than okay, don't you? Exactly that, and when you look at him, really, and uh, um, and and I don't, I don't really want to criticise him. I don't want to have a go at him, but yeah. like. You, you're looking at Declan Rice. Yes. And you paid thirty million pound more. Mm. You know what I mean? Like and now come on, like, you know, the the, the gap is That's ridiculous. Is, <laughs> is ridiculous how good it is to what we're seeing with, with Havertz. But listen, it's still early doors for him at this moment mm-hmm. in time. If he if he was to click and he, he was to get um to to the way that Mikhail wants him to then, you know, we, we could be in for a very, very good uh, season come come the end of it. Like, you know, the one thing I don't like about it is that, you know, don't don't kid a kid a sort of thing is that where Mikel's going, oh, he's been brilliant, he's been brilliant, he's done this and he's done that. Oh, well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid, Mikel, you're, you're not going to fall me on that one because he's, he's certainly not been that. And uh, if you're that pleased with him, like you're you're easily pleased if that's the way. And maybe maybe me and you could get a game for the Arsenal. It's not for lack of opportunity though, because he he did have some chances yesterday where, geez, he, he hit that shot flush, uh, which was blocked by the Burnley defender, and then that that free header that he had, I do, I'm still wondering how he missed it. Oh, I thought he was a great defensive hitter, and I realised he was he was he was going down that red. But that shot was going top corner, and I, now that if that goes in, you you're going to see a different player off. Correct, him, right, you know, Correct. I, I really do. You know, so listen, he's he's got one goal and one assist. The 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 the, the assist, of course, was a very very important one against Manchester City. Done yep. very well for that. And the goal we got was like, you know, well, okay, you you take the penalty at Bournemouth, you know. So listen, for sixty five million. Uh, I don't care what anybody says. He's got to contribute a lot more than what he's doing at the moment. Yeah, I, th- I, I think I, I would doubt that the managers and assistant managers inside Arsenal are, are content with what he's producing at the moment. He needs to produce more on the goal scoring and assist front and just from an output point of view too. So, But like you said, it's still a long season. Uh, we've got Lee Judges on the line from AFTV and Lee Judges TV. Go check it out, YouTube, Twitter, uh, Instagram as well. Uh 
Just before I let you go, sir, now we spoke about just the model that Arsenal's introducing on the pitch with Mikel Arteta and it seems a lot more controlled. And I get the feeling, and I don't know if you believe this as well, but it, it seems as though Arteta, he's still a very, very young manager and he's still very inexperienced. I feel that he would have learnt a lot from last year and it just seems as though he's probably understood that you need to peak at the right time. And it feels as though if they can continue to play this type of style get some players back, keep the energy reserved until the pointy end of the season, that it would seem that maybe, just maybe in the final 10 games, that they might be able to match Manchester City in that chase, you know, the, the Premier League title race when it does unfold in the last 10 games. It feels as though they're reserving a bit of energy for the latter part of the season when it really, really starts to count. Yeah, I, I do think that as well. The, the one thing that I'll give him, I think he is inexperienced going into this sort of campaign where you've got to play Champions League football yep. and, and and also the Premier League as a manager, as the one picking it. But of course, don't forget that when he was at Manchester City, they were going through these stages as well. Like So he would have picked up a few points of, of, of how to negotiate this and, and whatever. But it's all new for, for, for him as... And, and which is another thing which people don't think for most of the players. And that's why the, probably the likes of Jorginho and Kai Havertz have been brought in because they've yep. got that Champions League experience. If yep. you look at um, uh, uh, Declan Rice, he hasn't got that Champions League experience. You know, all of our top players, Martinelli, Saka, they've not got that experience. So I think that that's maybe why the likes of Kai Havertz and that have been brought in because they've got that experience. Uh, and, and I do think that there, there is something in that that there is um, a different method going into the to these games because of this. You know, uh, now of course it it changes after this um, because you got those six games in the, in in a, uh, I'll say like you know like the the group stages and yep. things like that in a in a in a in a space of three months. But then when you come back, you've got one in February, one in March. It's not as intense as what mm. it is now. I know that sounds a little bit silly because it's knockout football. But there's still a lot of, you know, like a lot of games to play in a short space of time. So I, I think that it spaces itself out a little bit in in the uh, in the new year, and maybe that's when you'll see a, a, a bigger, better strong Arsenal. Which, in fact, you see a much bigger and better and strong Manchester City in the uh, back end of the season, don't you? Like, you know, exactly. They've always sort of been misfiring a little bit, and then like, you know, then they go on these fifteen games. Uh, yep game unbeaten runs and things like that. So uh, I think there is something in that, definitely. Yeah, I think it's bl blocks of thirds as well, I think is the way. You, so you, you play the first third, you get through it, play the middle third, see how you go, and then you finish off strongly in that final third. It seems as though that's how Manchester City has played it uh, in Premier Leagues in recent times. So maybe Mikel's learnt a bit from that. Uh, just before we finish up, Lee, uh, the mid-season transfer period is going to come up in the blink of an eye. Now, Arsenal's been linked to Ivan Tony. That's been the case for the last couple of months. Apparently, he's going to cost in excess of £100 million. Uh, and they've also been, in recent weeks, uh, suggestions from the club that maybe a defensive midfielder could be on the cards as well, just given Thomas Partey's um, injury. Uh, is that where you see um, the, not weaknesses, but maybe where Arsenal need to strengthen up come the transfer period in the middle of the season? Definitely. I actually like that uh, Lamina um, at Wolves yesterday. Yeah, really, so, so do really I. <laughs> really like, if he's going to score winners like that against Spurs, I'm more than happy for him to come to Arsenal. <laughs> uh, I was very impressed with his work rate and, and 
uh, right at the last minute bursting through. But no, I was very, very impressed with him. Uh, of course, Douglas, um, Louisa, um, Aston Villa mm-hmm. didn't link. I do think that we need... Look, listen, Thomas Part is a fantastic player. There's he no is. two ways about yeah. it. But we, and we're not seeing him. Mm. Uh, and, and, you know, like, he's going to get himself fit. And I think then he's off to the, the African nations in January. Correct. So it's like, we're looking now February to see him come back. Now, I, I, I don't know if you can continue to keep going with a midfield pivot of uh, Declan Rice and, and Jorginho all the time, you know. So I think that Arsenal need to, to go in there. Now, it, it, if you're giving me a choice, yeah, I'd love a forward and all that. Like, you know, don't get me wrong, Ivan's only a, a hundred million. Um, uh, deal or no deal is certainly no deal, but a um, hundred million. But if I was to really push me on one, I think the, the central midfield um, is vital to us. So I would um, hopefully look. Arsenal will look to listen. In an ideal world, we get we get both. Um, <laughs> that would be fantastic, right now. But if we could only get one, I would really look to strengthen that midfield because, uh, as as well as Jorginho's done in there, I don't think he can go week in week out to the end of the season. Uh, and Thomas Pye doesn't look like he's going to be around. But we'll have to wait and see. But you know, as you rightly say, we. Before you know it, we'll be in December and then we'll be in January. And, and there's a lots of games coming up. And as there I say, are. you know, uh, anything happens to Declan Rice, then we're in trouble. Yeah, I think so as well. Look, I think it's still, there are still more, more answers than questions for Arsenal at the moment because they are playing, you know, well from a result point of view. But the questions still need to be raised and they still need to be answered um, through the halfway point in the back end of the season. So, um, big couple of weeks coming up for the Gunners. Uh, international break probably comes at the right time and uh, we'll see how it all unfolds, Lee. We will see how it all unfolds. Uh, my man, thank you for joining us. What's on for you now uh, during the international break? I'm assuming uh, more content or do you have any time off? No, no, I've, I've got uh, a little trip to Dubai coming up oh. now, like, so... Um, <laughs> Lovely. Getting the sunglasses ready and all that, like you know, so a uh, bit of bit of uh, warm weather training for the judge, you know. So um... <laughs> that should, uh, if you got any muscle soreness, I'm sure that'll solve it. Oh yeah, like you know, so there'll be a dip in the pool, like, and uh, hopefully, um, you know, like. Uh, hopefully Australia. I've got listen. I've backed Australia to win the World Cup. Oh, have you Don't really? Me down, guys. Hopefully, would I think India might be hard to beat uh, in India? Yeah, but, uh... I think they might be. But uh, listen, if uh, if uh, Maxwell continues to do what, what, what an innings that was! Oh, that was unbelievable, wasn't it? And the way the way he finished it off, people went, "Oh, is he going to get the double ton?" And he gets it with a six. Incredible. Couldn't walk at the end of it. Like, <laughs> and what, what's amazing about him, like, uh, is he's not one of these big, massive blokes, is he? Like, no. You know what I mean? But he's just no, no, timing no. and is he, I just, I was memorized, mesmerized, I should say, by that, um, that, that innings. I have to say, I thought it was probably the best innings of, uh, 50 overs cricket I've ever seen. Yeah, there it was absolutely unbelievable. I don't know if you see that. You know that win viz predictor, the crick viz predictor that has that yeah, comes up on the bottom yeah. of the screen. I think Australia was given a one percent chance when they were seven down. Now, usually those win viz predictors are pretty like they usually give you maybe a four or five percent chance, even if you've got no chance. But this went down to one, and they still got the job done. I'll tell you what, it's got to be. Uh, uh, the slowest innings from Cummings. How many did he got back 12? Like, I mean, 
He was out there. He was out there. He was like Jeffrey Boycott. He was like back in the day. Like, no? He was out there having a cup of tea at the other end, uh, watching yeah, the fireworks man, unfold. Around and done his job. So uh, yeah. So good luck. Good luck in the World Cup over there. Yes. Anyway. Hopefully they can get it done over South Africa. It's going to be a big, uh, big, big semi-final. Uh, Lee, appreciate you joining us, my man. Um, we'll catch all your handiwork on AFTV and Lee Judges TV. Uh, enjoy the sun in Dubai, mate. Don't uh, try not to become a lobster, mate. Get that sunscreen on. Nah, well done. I'll be wearing my hat, don't worry. <laughs> Good man. <laughs> Good man. We well, appreciate it, Matt, mate. Uh, we'll chat very Thanks soon. Look after yourself, yeah. Shall do. There we go. Lee Judge is joining us on the line. We'll take a break here on the Premier League Preview Show and be back with the first half. Liverpool-Brentford on the other side.